Hello and welcome back to Tells. Hi, Andrew. Hi. On this episode of Tells, we have a very special episode. Why? Guys, we got ourselves a guest. Our very first guest on the Tells podcast. Yep. Will you tell us who our guest is? I feel like we kind of have a legit podcast now that we have a guest. Somebody who actually thought that it was worth spending their time joining us. <laughs> I agree. Thank you to Joey Ingram, who is the super host of the Poker Life podcast. He is a PLO grinder as well as prop bet extraordinaire. Well said. Enjoy the conversation and let us know what you think. Send in your questions, feedback, and if you have apparently you don't have to you don't just say rate the podcast on iTunes. What do you say? You have to say if you like the podcast, give us a five-star rating on oh, iTunes because that's, that's how it helps other people find it. It's very instructive. There so you if you don't have a five-star rating, just write to us at tells at andrewdemi.com. <laughs> Tell us all your problems. Uh, but other than that, I hope you enjoy it and we'll talk to you next week. Welcome, Joe Ingram on the Tells podcast. I'm, I'm very honored to be your first guest, you guys. This is um, a monumental moment for you too. It is. How do you feel, Andrew? Uh, I feel excited. Uh, I mentioned to Joe uh, off air a second ago that uh, it's awesome to have a very first guest here, but to also bear with us as this is a little bit of a growing <laughs> new experience for us, having a guest on Tell's podcast. What better guest than the expert on yeah. poker podcasting? Yeah. So after this, you can give us some feedback on things that we uh, could do better on. I don't know. I, like I told you guys, I already I like the pod. I think it's... It's like very fun. I don't know. I feel like I like the questions that, that Busy asks you about the poker related stuff because like she kind of just knows enough to ask some questions and then sometimes she'll ask a question and, you know, the answer will be sort of obvious, but then sometimes it won't be. And it, it actually provides for a, a good conversation that I feel like a lot of people kind of wonder about, too. So I don't know. I like I like the I like the vibe you guys have going together. It's pretty good. Yeah, we keep it pretty light around here. There's a lot yeah. of uh, there's a lot of seriousness that goes on in poker, and uh, as well as like the rest of the world. So, I'm trying to keep it light and airy up in this. You guys aren't breaking down preflop ranges on this podcast, huh? Uh, it would be terrible if we were because okay, I well, don't listen, think it would help anybody. There's an, there's enough of those out there anyway, so I don't, I don't think <laughs> more than enough more than enough of those out there right now. All right, so Joe, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. You are. I'll tell you. Can I? say what I know about you and then perhaps you can correct me add to and yes I would I would love to hear what what your introduction would be <laughs> it was really fun actually to uh stalk you a little bit online I didn't uh -oh. find out as much as I thought I would but yeah I do know that uh Joseph is that your full name my full name is Joseph yes middle name middle name is Wesley oh that's a nice one Joseph Wesley Ingram is from Chicago. His life tagline would be the prop bet life. <laughs> and you've written a book called Chasing the Poker Dream. Um, you have the Poker Life podcast with monster conversations. I almost said interview again. Conversations with uh, poker players and non-poker players, right? Or mainly poker players. Yeah, I have mainly poker players on there. I certainly would like to do a little bit more with people the outside of poker because I think that I can do an overall pretty good job of just having a general conversation with somebody, but I haven't I've done it a few times. There was someone who uh, gave my favorite TED talk. It was on self-confidence. So we messaged him and we had him on the podcast, Dr. Ivan Joseph, one of the best TED talks ever. And then I have had him on. I had a couple other people on outside of poker as well, too. But uh, mainly I, I stick to poker related guests. Yeah. Okay. So the podcast was started in 2014, if I'm correct. Wow. And Is that true? <laughs> I think that I think that's true. It's either 2014 or I honestly, I think it's been four years in February, but I, I'm not 100% positive on that. Do you know how many episodes or conversations you've had off the top of your head? I'm uh, not sure. It's been hundreds, though, for, I think, at this point. Yeah. 
Okay. Is there anything that you know about Joe that you'd like to share before he corrects us? Um, well, yeah. Well, I could just mention that if anyone hasn't checked out Joe's podcasts and uh, conversations, that they definitely should. If they're, you know, if they're interested in the long form, uh, really in-depth questions and conversations, mainly about poker. And it's like, if you really want to get to know, uh, especially like some of these high stakes guys and um, what's going on in their heads, not just like their approach to poker, but sort of like their approach to the the poker life and all that stuff. There's not too many, if any, better listens in the poker world than uh, than Joe's podcast. I really enjoyed the Bill Perkins one. Thank um, you. Yeah, I I think that was certainly one of my favorites podcasts I've ever done. The first Bill Perkins episode we did, and I think anytime I have him on, I always learn something about life or about myself or about I just get a different perspective on things. So he is. He's certainly one of my favorite guests that I've had on in the podcast before. Yeah. But I actually, uh, so like before you started the whole podcasting thing, um, we have one or two mutual friends, but I also kind of know you from when you were blogging um, before you started the audio stuff. What was the name of that uh, website that you were posting your blog on? Liquidpoker.net. Okay. Is that still around? Um, I think people still go on there, yeah. I, I check on there once in a while just to sort of reread some of my blogs to see how crazy I was. But yeah. that's about I, I like go back and I re actually reread what I said and I feel the insanity out of the words and I just know the the place I was in at that point in time in my life and it was just um it's really it's just fun to go back and reread those things for sure. Some of those some of those posts are like they're just the epic roller coaster of uh poker uh poker stakes and uh, some extracurricular activities and For sure. a young man finding his way in life. I, I used to be a lot better at this, not, not just letting my emotions out. You know, I, wouldn't, I didn't know, I didn't necessarily think about if it was good to share these sort of things about myself, about how I was feeling, about <laughs> my love life. So I, I just typically was rather vulnerable in some ways with what I shared. And, you know, I certainly don't do that as much anymore. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely loved, I used to what? love doing it. Uh, what do you attribute that to? So was it just the environment you grew up in that was very conducive to sharing type uh, that type of information? No, not really. I think I, I think I was always pretty, and I kind of actually made a tweet about this today. I've always been pretty much, like I'm outgoing. I'm very, I talk to a lot of people all the time, but I'm very sort of in my own world a lot of times. And I think that's what helped me have some success at poker was because I was so I enjoyed being alone. I always, you know, sort of just default went back to my own little world of a place. And, um, and yeah, I think just the blog, you know, I, I never really, re- I didn't really know I might be oversharing in some ways. And I was just like fired up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. Or like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Or, you know, oh my God, this is going on with me. So I never really thought about, wow, I sound like a fucking psychopath. I, I just, I was just like, man, I, I must sound, I must sound like I'm very driven and motivated. That's what I was sort of thinking, which I, which I certainly was, and um, I don't know. That's just how I express myself. I've gone away from that in a lot of ways, though. Um, I mean, I admire that because I am the opposite, I think. I always think the less people know, the better for everybody. But I, I think the world is different, and it encourages more sharing, and I think more growth from both parties. Yeah, I think one of the reasons like the, the vlog that I do uh, did so well was that like from right off the bat, um, I basically said, you know, I don't really know what this is, um, but I'm going to share like the whole kind of the ride. And uh, I'm, you know, talk about the dumb mistakes that I do at the poker table and how I feel about that and how, how, you know, not getting anywhere in poker makes me feel and stuff like that. So I think people just really dig that openness. Yeah, I think so too. I think a lot of people obviously are very, you know, hesitant. They don't want to share what they struggle with or what they do once they don't do that well. And you know, I think it, certainly once you start having success or once people perceive you to have success at what you do, you're you're less inclined to want to share those things because you don't want to be come off as complaining or you don't want to come off as in like you're talking how bad your life is when other people are going to perceive your life to be pretty good. Mm. So, you know, I think just a lot of times people are very, very hesitant to ever talk about what they're not doing well with. And it makes sense. You know, you can't once you do that, you can't necessarily go back from that. And I think it drives people fucking crazy, to be honest with you, because you know, I think a lot of people are so concerned about putting up some sort of, you know, person, persona, whatever. And, and instead of the way that they deal with, you know, these other sort of negative emotions, they just deal with it internally a lot of times and might drive people nuts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the reasons you 
started the GTO club. Oh man, I feel like there's so many of my worlds colliding today in my mind. I haven't even thought about the GTO club. I ended that in June. Last I... June I had it for almost a year. It was the best thing I ever had in my life. And today I was in the shower thinking about how much coaching and working with other men really, it was, it was men specifically, but working with other men really helped me just learn so much about myself and about my own life and about my habits and about my poker. And I think the idea at the time was I wanted to do something that wasn't specifically poker. And I really wanted to help out other men around there because I knew that I could always like help people out, empower people. And I had a lot of knowledge for a lot of things. So that was why I started doing that. And, you know, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I, I stopped doing that this summer, but I've been greatly thinking about getting back into some form of coaching mm-hmm. almost from a selfish standpoint because it just helped me so much with my own everything <laughs> my own everything basically so give us like the quick like uh whatever 15 20 seconds uh idea behind yeah. it it was like a, it was a you know sort of like we call it like a mastermind group or like a, a club of just other men who you know all sort of wanted to do well with their life not just at poker so they wanted to have someone that hold them accountable someone that they could bounce ideas off of uh, you know, different people that they can learn from. And then for that, I would create a lot of content. I would do a lot of meetings that have with the group. I would do a lot of one-on-one stuff on a pretty daily basis with everybody. We had forums where everyone sort of tracked their day and talked about what they wanted to get done with their life and what their goals were. And, and yeah, it was a monthly membership group. We had, I think, um, you know, it was mainly between 10 and 20 people for the most part for most of the time I had it. And I think we had about, what is it, maybe... 10 guys who joined at the beginning were in it the entire time. So yeah, it was, um, it was a really, really good idea, but. Okay. So So one of the, um, sort of pillars of the GTO club was women. And I mean, no, no, let's not get carried away. It was not, it was not a pillar. (laughs) You know, most of the men we had in the group were married guys, first of all. So they were, you know, they were really like, I mean, I don't even, there might've been a couple, like, a couple single guys, but I think most of the guys in the group had girlfriends or where they're married. But I, I always say that I, I mean, I have guys ask me all the time about women and like, what do I know the best? I know Potman Omaha, I know poker, no podcasting now and for better or worse, right? I understand the dating process. I don't understand the relationships. I, I, I suck. I'm not a, I said you guys before, I'm not good at relationships, but I'm good at the leading up to like that 30 day standpoint. I'm pretty good at that. Okay. We'll get to that in just a little bit. I I'm curious because it just reading I read the intro of your book on uh, Amazon mm-hmm. and it was fascinating. Like I said, like your tagline should be the profit life, since every mm-hmm. sort of year, half a year, you always have this massive or crazy pop profit. What were some of them? Like six six hundred thousand hands. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I. I did. I actually just made a new one the other day, but I, I can't quite debut it yet. It's going to be uh, an epic YouTube video when I actually reveal it. It's a sixty-nine hundred dollar bet, but yeah, my I had fifty thousand hands in a day, six hundred thousand hands in a month, Supernova Elite in two and a half months, which was like four hundred fifty thousand hands at PLO, which are these are like I think that's the most hands I ever played in a month, in a month at PLO. Six hundred thousand was the most at full ring holdem at the time. Fifty thousand hands in a day. I don't know if anyone's played more moment holding cash since then. <laughs> And then we did the book prop bet, uh, no masturbation, no porn prop bet for some period of time. <laughs> I have a bunch of other ones kind of mixed up in there. And right now I have a few as well that I need to probably get started on. So, the, the, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of prop bets. I've always made a bunch of them. The no masturbation one was for how long? Four or five months, I think. Five months? Yeah, no masturbation, no porn, four or five, four or five months, yeah. Did you win that one? I did win that one. Shout out to me. <laughs> Best best decision of my life to do that. I mean, that was one of the best bets I ever did in my life because not to get into specifics of how it benefits or doesn't benefit somebody, but let's just say most people greatly underestimate the impact that um, you know those sorts of things can have on you. All right. Well, there you go. The prop yeah. bet uh, life. Uh, in the preface of the book, you, you talk about or the sort of summary, you talk about um, obsession and you know being so focused, right? So you obviously use the prop bets. Um, not assuming, but like using the prop bets as a means to get stuff done. Um, yeah, that definitely. I think that was always the idea. You know, it's just like it gave me that extra sort of boost or motivation. It used to work. It doesn't work anymore, unfortunately. But I don't know. I used to just get so motivated by those crazy challenges. And now I don't think I get that same drive from them anymore because I've already done a lot. So, 
Ah, okay. So it's it's not it's nothing major has changed. You just feel that you've done a lot of them. Well, I think what happens is there's a cumulative self confidence effect that you get from doing certain things. So from to getting to high stakes poker, you obviously build up a lot of self confidence along that way. You know, back in the day, I used to be really into working out and lifting weights, and I achieved my goal at that, which was I wanted to bench press a certain amount of weight. So, and then over time, once you do these crazy bets, you start to have this very high level of self-belief in you. And a lot of times, you know, you, you might feel like you need different challenges to get to that point where you feel like you need to really turn it up. And um, I think for me now, it's almost a bad thing because I, I feel like I can do whatever I want to do if I put my mind to it. It's just a matter of putting my mind to it, you know, and like finding that ultimate drive to want to do it. And, and what's the, you know, what's like the upside in, in doing it when... You know, I don't know. That's that's sort of the the internal battle I feel sometimes when it comes to these things now. Mm. That's I don't know if it's that that's a really bad thing. Um, I think people would love to have that level of confidence. No, no doubt about it. I think that sometimes you know some people that I've worked with or I've met along my life, you know, a lot of times that confidence, the belief they have in themselves, they have just enough belief in themselves to not start doing something. It's almost like they. They're all, they always tell themselves, well, I know if I did that, I'd do it well, but they don't even start doing anything. So that's something, luckily, I haven't struggled with for the most part, but I know I've, because I've, I've seen that other people and I'm like, oh, wow, okay. You know, it could be worse for sure. You know, it could be, so <laughs> could if, be a lot worse. If you're risk averse and maybe you're not into profits, do you have like one thing that somebody or one or two things that somebody could do to uh, motivate themselves to get stuff done. Oh, you mean like someone else out there, something that they could imply to their own life? Right. Yeah. I mean, I found that setting bets and making accountability bets and betting on things is usually a, an incredible motivator for anybody. For the most part, it's just a matter of, you know, sort of staying accountable to it. I feel like a lot of people make bets and then they like kind of make them as between friends and then both parties don't do it. And then no one really holds the other person accountable. So you know, but I think that if you're trying to build a very high level of self-confidence or even like a, a bit of it, just giving yourself a challenge and then really sacrificing your life to do it is something that can stay with you forever. I mean, this, the idea of sacrifice is huge. And that's something I feel like I've been lacking a lot lately. You know, I learn as doing the podcast, I learn about a lot. I learn about a lot of new areas of life. And then I want to learn about those areas of life. And then you have 10 to 15 areas of life you're learning about. And, um, you know, that can be bad for when your energy is so spread out all over the place. Uh, I have to agree. I think that's one of my, I don't know if it's that's a problem, but I definitely want to be everything at all at once, right? <laughs> yeah. Be in yeah. the best shape, make the most money, whatever, and then you end up doing nothing. Well, people talk a lot about this whole balance thing, and I used to believe in it pretty heavily, but like over the past couple of years or whatever, I've sort of been a, a non-believer in balance and more of a believer in really doubling down on on uh, something you want to be an expert in and excelling at that. Yeah, I, I've always been in that standpoint too. And a lot of people will talk about the idea of balance and stuff like that. I, I've never really told anybody that they should go ahead and do that because it's not the approach I've ever taken with anything. So, yeah, you know, it, it's not the way I know to necessarily have success. And I think in poker especially, I've certainly never been balanced when it comes to approaching poker. I've always been incredibly unbalanced. And that's how I got good at poker. So, Well, I mean, if you look at uh, what was that guy you had on your uh, your podcast recently? Humicon. Um, yeah, Humicon. exactly. Yeah. So, so he's like basically the antithesis to balance, right? So he's <laughs> just grinding and doing nothing else for what, like seven years or whatever it was? Yeah, man, crazy, right? Yeah, something like that. Five years, yeah. But he ran up, you know, millions of dollars and is about as successful in online poker as you can hope to be. Yeah, I think it's kind of about finding what's important to you in your own life or what's important to you at, um, you know, at poker or life in general. It's something I'm currently asking myself, trying to figure out, you know, what's important to me at poker. It was easy before at poker. I always knew what was important, and that was just being good at the game, being great at the game, making money consistently and keep getting better and better. And uh, that's not what it is anymore. So now it's about figuring out what that is. And um, that's the ultimate question I'm trying to figure out right now. So I was just wondering, do you think we should give Joe a prop bet for his dating uh -oh. life? Uh-oh. What kinds? I don't know. <laughs> what do you have in mind? Um, I don't know. I'm not really good at this yet, but I'm sure you guys can help me. So have have you done any sort of prop bets in the with regards to relationships? Well, I remember back in the day I did a 
I did a bet where I had to go on 30 dates in 30 days. This was before Tinder, before Bumble. This was like just plenty of fish online dating in 2008 or something like that. Okay. And I, and I wrote about it on the poker forums in a now deleted thread. And um, I set out to do 30 dates. I was, uh, you know, I was thinking at the time, but that would be the closest one I believe I've done with dating. Um, why, what do you have in mind here? Um, no, let, well, let's talk about this a little bit more. I want to hear details. How were the 30 dates? <laughs> Just how you might imagine a man trying to go on 30 dates. Well, it was some consecutive dates. I ended up falling in love with this girl. And by falling in love, I mean I desire, I liked the girl named Svetlana. I ended up liking her a lot. Shout out to her. I miss her. I wonder having her, actually. But, <laughs> yeah, I ended up just hanging out with her a lot. And um, and then, yeah, I... Well, what number was she along the 30? Oh, she was like six or seven of the girl. And then I just counted dates with her as a date, too. <laughs> what a legendary bet, though. That was a very legendary bet, though. I, I loved that bet. I, 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 I wouldn't be willing to do that bet again at some point in time in my life, but not right now, I don't think. So right now, like, uh, love relationships is not a priority? I think it actually is a priority in some ways. And yeah, you know, I've been I, I've been talking to one girl for a, for a bit now, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Don't hold back, Joe. You're on the poker relationship. Podcast. I, I don't know who's gonna. I got I gotta give a big shout out to the stalkers first of all that are <laughs> gonna listen to this that I don't know exist. I'm I'm conflicted. You know, I don't I don't really know what to do. I want to think how to approach it. How to approach uh, which part? How to approach the idea of. Of, uh, you know, being, I guess, dating one person seriously for an extended period of time. Okay. You know, how do you, de- how do you decide? Like, what do you put up with? What are you willing to sacrifice out of your life? What are you willing to compromise with? Sort of thing like that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to think about that in a, at all. So I don't know. I just sort of click buttons, really. Yeah, because all the other prop bets have just been you against you, right? So there's never the variable of somebody else's moods, feelings thoughts well when it comes to beating people up at poker you know those might re- those require other people some somewhat but um but yeah for the most part it's all me versus myself yeah me versus my own discipline and okay executing basically but yeah i don't know what this could be yeah i mean this is kind of this is kind of fun i'm curious to see what you come up with here all right so andrew well i think um what do you think joe but could- about a situation with uh not being able well do you want to bring up this uh tweet or not yet yeah, let's Uh-oh. bring let's bring up the tweet. Yeah. Uh oh, I mean, what's the tweet? Well, you basically summarized it uh, thus far in the conversation, but you did put out a tweet recently that uh, kind of, you know, assembles it all in, into one tweet. Joey, oh. aka Crypto Poppy, where does <laughs> oh, this uh, the Poppy come from? So I don't even really remember how it started. To be honest with you, I think it was I don't know. I, I honestly I don't remember why I started saying <laughs> Poppy. I have no idea. I just started speaking fake Spanish one day, and all of a sudden. I started calling my I started calling other people Poppy and then they started calling me Poppy. So then I guess I'm like, well, I guess I'm Poppy then. <laughs> that was how it's no like no genius nickname behind it. It wasn't sort of, you know, concoction where I was in a in the lab and I was like, all right, I'm going to go with Poppy. That'll that'll make me stand out from the crowd. This is like I started. Be- yeah, I started speaking fake Spanish and then start calling people Poppy. And then I don't know, I just kind of <laughs> stuck. I don't really know how. All right, Poppy. I will trade someone grandmaster level coaching on dealing with women day zero to 30. If someone can please enlighten me on day 30 plus, because I clearly have no fucking idea. Oh man, I don't. (laughs) That's that's so true. My God, I'm bringing, that's bringing back some memories from why I tweeted that out there. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And then uh, Ben responded, Hey Joey, maybe the problem is that your style of dealing with women in inverted commas from day zero to 30 is self-selecting for women you can't deal with day 30 plus. All right, so let's go back to uh, what was happening. Yeah, when you tweeted this, what was going on that night slash probably morning? So I think I have this really bad habit of, of really hurting women, I think, and some, like hurting them emotionally just like because they think I don't care. And I think what it, I think kind of uh, what happened then was, I think it was something like that happened where, you know, like the way that I think about, I show, I care about somebody, you know, isn't necessarily, I guess, standard, right? You know, everyone has like people like show they care and show they need someone and show that they're thinking about somebody, I think much differently than I do in a lot of ways. And maybe I might, you know, I I like to think I have that, I, I do the same thing, no matter which part of the relationship I might be in with someone, whether it's new or whether it's early or whether it's like establishing it or whatever. But, um, 
but I imagine I probably don't. You know, I probably at some point in time I lose that same consistency with with messaging or with whatever, you know, how it works kind of thing like that. And I think at that time, you know, I thought I was doing all these things right. And then the person was like, you know, I don't know. I feel like you don't let me know that you need me. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times I'm, I don't feel like I need anyone, which it's hard for me to lie. I don't really lie also, which is, I guess, a problem. I used to lie when I was younger. And I, just, I used to, you know, you always know what women want you to say a lot of times. You know what they want to hear. You know, I didn't really know any better not to not to just tell them what they want to hear a lot of times. So now as I've gotten older in the past, you know, four or five years, I, I try to just be honest about how I really feel. And sometimes that's going to require me saying things that aren't always what somebody wants to hear, of course. So when someone's like, oh, I don't feel like you need me, me, I'm like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I need anybody in a lot of ways. You know, I don't feel like I necessarily need somebody to, to do. But then, you know, I start thinking about it more and, you know, she, she makes a good point. Maybe I do need her in some assets of my life and maybe she is, she does help me out. And that, you know, that, that was something that we had going on at the time mm. when, um, you know, just that I wasn't making her feel needed or wanted or special or um, those sorts of things. So I was upset about that. I was like, fuck, why do I suck at this so bad? So yeah, did that's... she walk away and that relationship is no longer or? Well, I don't listen, you know, this is going to like, I don't even know how to say this, but um <laughs> No, I'm just if you don't need to answer one well, of these no, questions. Well, no, she shouldn't walk away. Well, I guess like the I guess the sort of overall question, arching question would be like what you are looking for like at the moment. Is it uh are you on the look for a serious relationship? <sighs> million dollar question, friends. <laughs> million dollar. This is something I think about 24 hours a day. I think about it too much probably. I don't I, I think I am very much open to 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 something for sure. Yeah. With some I, you know, I don't like but what that looks like or is, I don't know. You know, I like to think I may I may have that right now, but you never really know. So I think you do want to have what you're looking for. Sort of not you I mean, there's not a set idea, but if you think about how you've done everything else in your life is knowing I do want this I do want to be supernova elite and so I think that is one thing that would help because then you make different decisions you'll make different choices knowing that that is what you want I don't think you should like beat yourself up over things you did when you were younger because no of course you're in like your 20s and Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, one thing I think when we go back to the GTO club. One thing we always talked about was we don't really beat ourselves up It's kind of in this book called The Four Agreements, which is about not being too hard on yourself ever. So I've always, you know, kind of since then, I haven't been too hard on myself in some ways. I probably could be a little bit harder on myself. But I think when it comes to women, I know I've definitely hurt women. For sure, emotionally, you know, just I think women are, I mean, most people, men too, you know, they, they're, you know, they want to be with someone, they want to be serious with someone, they want someone to deeply care about them, and they want to deeply care about somebody. And oftentimes, they might have thought that about me that I deeply cared about them when I didn't deeply care about them to the extent that they thought. And I think that's very hurtful for people once they realize that. So I, um, you know, I'm trying to not do that anymore to people. And that oftentimes just requires not, you know, really engaging in something with certain people because most likely that's where it's going to lead to. And even if I can be honest about how I am or how I think with certain people, I often know that, you know, when they say, oh, it's, that's fine, you know, it's, it's going to hurt them for sure. You know, so, so yeah, it's just something I'm more aware of now that I'm older. Yeah. And uh, you're not that old, especially you're so young. For relationships, I think very, we're all very young for relationship uh, relationships. Uh, Have you heard of the Five Love Languages book? Or the Five Love Languages book? I have not heard of this book. No, what's it about? All right, so there's a chap named Gary Chapman who pen this five love languages and like you're saying earlier people uh, receive and give love in different ways and mm-hmm. so when you're in a relationship with somebody it helps to know how somebody wants to be loved or how they receive love and I found that that helps tremendously in just understanding the other person because Andrew Please. likes to be cuddled Right, he loves mm. cuddles. Yeah. yeah, you should name list the five uh, what they are if you can remember them. Yeah, there's affection and yeah, physical affection, words of affirmation. Some people just need to be told they're doing a great job, or you see them. Um, and there's a quiz you can take online, which is free, 
So I always encourage my new single girlfriends to take it. And if the, the, whoever they're dating is open to it, to take the quiz too. So then at least you sort of know what the other person finds important, right? I don't really, like I love cuddles as much as the next person, but not so much that if Andrew didn't hug me one day, I would feel devastated that he doesn't love me. And you might be, you know, sort of words of affirmation or you might show people by doing stuff for them that you care about them, but you might not say it. And that's might be the reason, you know, that you think you're doing one thing and they're not receiving it because that's not how they receive love or vice versa. I have the I have the test up right now, actually. Oh, you have the test up right now. Got the test out. Listen, man. Hey, I'm, this is something really. This is something I'm trying to greatly figure out. So this is something. There you go. You See, a man of action. See, people should uh, at least know that uh, he's really taking this seriously. He wants to. Oh no, no, this is this is the biggest question in my my life. I'm having <laughs> something I think about constantly. This is literally what what I if I probably figure this out, I could probably start you know figuring other things out in my life right now. But um, but yeah, this is definitely the main focus. It's just figuring out what I want out of relationships, whether it's friendships or whether it's a, a woman relationship or, you know, whatever kind of thing like that. I think right now I'm in a unique position because, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I'm sure Andrew experiences this, right? When you're, when you're doing something and uh, people watch it or when you're having success, a lot of people want to be your friend. A lot of people want to get to know you. A lot of people want your time. They want to hang out with you. They might like you as a person or feel like they know you and want to spend time with you. And, um, you know, I'd like to hang out with some more people, but I don't necessarily know how to do that really well you know, for the most part. Like, I don't know how to build a lot of relationships with just completely new people for the most part when we don't already have, like, we don't know each other for a long time, like a sort of thing like that. So trying to figure this whole thing out with relationships for sure. This is definitely one of my main areas of, uh, of thought lately. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big one. I usually have a, a very easy time to sort of talking to people when I first meet them, but, you know, building that really deep connection is hard. That's something, that's something you struggle with too, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I, I, got, I can't even hypothesize how it's done because I, I mean, it's like, in, in a way it, it does seem like it goes hand in hand. It's you, you're less selfish. You, you put someone else before you in a lot, in a lot of ways that actually benefits you. And it actually is selfish in some ways too. And I've never been able to get to that point where, when I wake up, I think about others before me because I've been so, you know, poker's like such a, it's such a selfish thing to get good at it. You have to be selfish. You have to sacrifice all these other areas out of your life. And whether I, I mean, I purposely sort of, you know, knew that when I started off, it's something I wrote about a long time ago, but, um, but you know, it's hard to turn that off when it's like, I know what'll have, what allows me to have success with anything I do. It's just hyper focus and hyper sacrifice of things. And one of those things has always been relationships in some ways. And, um, you know, I don't know. A lot of times you try to turn it back on and it's like, well, how is this going to benefit this? And a lot of times it doesn't really matter. It, it kind of it might not directly benefit it, but it benefits your life overall, I think, for me. And that's the point I'm trying to get to right now. Well, I think that like I think it's important to be selfish first, actually, because when when we started dating, when Boosie and I started dating, it was me on the low stakes grind, just trying to get out of that. And yeah. which obviously requires a ton of work and play hours at the table. And, uh, I think when we met, um, I remember, I remember Boosie saying, you know, you just, I, I get it. You want to work hard. You just want to grow your bankroll. Um, there's not going to be like a ton of time for too much else. Even though I was like, once I met Boosie, I was like, okay, well let's go out. Let's, uh, let's go do something. <laughs> but I think like, I think what, uh, sort of attracted me to her a lot in the first place was that she was also really driven and she wanted to grow her thing and, uh, grow on her own. I think we were sort of like on the same page um, as far as what we wanted to achieve. And there was like this sort of, I can kind of encourage you to get there. And then the other person wants to encourage the other person to get there. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of like seeing eye to eye. And then obviously Tuesday nights are our slow nights at poker. So we can take a Tuesday off and like go, go out and, you know, do whatever. I think when you uh, find someone who sort of like has the same vision, but allows you to sort of do your thing. Right. Um, that doesn't, uh, I don't know, the word like sacrifice comes up, but, you know, when someone encourages you to sort of get after it in the way that you want to get after it, I think that's like where the match comes in. Yeah, I think that that seems like it, it would make a lot of sense for sure. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I yeah. also think that's 
why I sort of wanted to have these conversations because I always got the sort of side eye of you're dating a poker player. How does that mm-hmm. possibly work? I have girls ask me that, right? Like other girls who are dating poker players now. And I think it's really important to uh, talk about it and just say that it's possible. It's not perfect because nobody's relationship is perfect. So, but no. just knowing that there, you know, there's a way to make it work is especially like Andrew says, if you're on the same page on what you're trying to accomplish. So maybe that is for you sort of finding somebody who gets that. I feel like Andrew's definitely one of the better options for poker player that you can meet from knowing a lot of poker players. So, you know, I don't know if those girls that you're talking about have the same luck with the kind of poker player that they happen to meet. But, um, but yeah, I feel like Andrew probably, I don't know, he seems like one of the better guys, <laughs> the better <laughs> the better people and more caring people that I may have met in the poker world, put it like that. So, which could be a detriment to his poker success in some ways. You know what I mean? Like that, that's like, as crazy as it is, right? It's like, oh, being like a good person and caring about others, like maybe that's what fucking holds somebody back from from having that like high level of ultimate success. And, um, you know, it's it sucks that that's the case for some people sometimes. And I feel like that would be the case for me, mm. but it's completely theoretical. I don't even know if that's the truth or not. So until I, until I do it, I wouldn't know if it's true. So. Okay. So I guess first step is Joe finding out what his love language is. Yes. And then What's, what is your guys' love language? Quality, quality time. Mine is quality time. And Andrew's, Andrew's is, is physical touch. Physical, oh, physical, oh, Andrew, okay, what do you like? You like the head scratch? What do you like, Andrew, the head scratching? the All of it. The light massage, everything, okay. Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm with it, okay. I wonder what mine's going to be, I don't even know. And it, and it doesn't matter, I guess, there's no sort of compatibility, there's no one is better than the other, it's just knowing what the other person, maybe you can give it to your, let your new lady friend try it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I should let her... So she actually plays poker as well. So she is currently playing poker right now, actually. Do you find that's a good thing? Have you dated people who don't play poker? Yeah, I've dated people that don't play poker. But I found that if you date somebody that plays poker and they're not good at poker, then it's not necessarily the best for me because they're a little delusional. Because most people think that they're good at poker in some ways. And the people who think that they're just good enough are really stubborn when it comes to wanting to listen to somebody else that Mm. they might not be that good. So I think she's at the point where she's good enough at poker that she's open-minded to how much better she can get. And I think some women I've met in the past are a little bit delusional in their own poker talent. So, yeah, that's never really works out well for me. Isn't that weird about poker? Like, why is poker that way? Like, if if someone was uh, doing any other skill and then someone said, you know, you could do this skill better by doing this differently, they might be open to it. But people have their ego so tied up in how they play poker for some reason. Yeah, man, it's wild. I mean, that's what makes poker such a successful thing is that, you know, I mean, like when I think about poker success, you know, I've been playing poker, what, 11 years now? I've been making money for 11 years at the game. And so when I, you know, somebody talks about, you know, they have poker figured out or something like that, or act like they're, you know, they can't, they can't learn nothing or they can't get better. I'm like, well, you know, show me the receipts. Like, what do you got? Like, well, okay. Like, what what have you done? You know, like, why do you think this way? And I mean, if somebody, you know, if they have like a six month sample or like three months or like, you know, they win off and on here and they've never consistently won in their life. For me, it's like, I mean, you know, I don't I, I don't I don't believe you when you say you got it all figured out. You know what I mean? Like you, you clearly don't. You know, if, you, if you're winning for five years straight, well, then, OK, you know, then I feel like you can have this sort of attitude about it. But if you're trying to get to that point where you want to have that consistent success, but you treat it this way, like that's not going to do it for you. And when I see people that have that attitude, it's just I can't I can't ignore it. I can't like not address it a lot of times. And most people don't really want to don't really want to hear that. Yeah, it seems like you call things out often. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's something I've heard. I heard the other day. You know, you just call it like you see it, Joey. I'm not used to that. You just when you have something on your mind, you just say it. I think, yeah, that's true. I definitely do. I could be a little bit more. uh, Maybe that's that's something I actually need to get better at, guys. I need to get better at talking to certain people in my life and not doing that, I guess, because it's a little harsh sometimes. Yeah. yeah, that's really tricky because I think it does a disservice if we if we don't tell people how we feel. That's what I think, too. But um, <laughs> I mean, like Andrew, Andrew, you know, OK, so Andrew obviously puts out a lot of videos. So he's 
he's heard everything now from people. He's heard people telling him that he's awesome. He's heard people telling him that probably want him to fucking die. Like he's heard all these comments. So at some point you build up, like people say things to me now. I don't even, like I, I'm literally not going to think about it again. You know what I mean? I'm like if someone like, they could, you could tell me anything, right? Good to bad. And like it'll, I'll take it in, but it's not, it, it won't affect me for the most part mm-hmm. at all. So, so I like, I'm just used to that. Whereas, you know, you got to remember, I got to remember personally, a lot of people are not used to that. They're not used to de- dealing with like the nicest and the meanest comments they've ever heard in their entire life for years. So I've been getting this now for, with, with content, you know, mostly it's very positive, but I've been hearing negative things, you know, back in the day when I was grinding poker, I, man, I used to go to war with people on the forums and on the tracking sites. I used to go to war with people. They'd be like, you fucking suck. I'm like, fuck off. Like I'm, I'm going to make it like all, like this was a daily thing for me. So now I'm pretty much like, you know, someone tells me there's something in the comments. I'm like, okay, you know, I like to do it. I'm like, no matter what they say, I might mute them because I don't want to read it again or something like that, but that's about it. So now when I talk to other people, I'm like, you could tell me anything. That's what I always tell her. I'm like, you can say anything you want. You could tell me I'm an asshole. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care at all. You could tell me all these things about me and they're going to help me. Like, that's just how I get help. This is how I get better when you tell me things like that. Right. And um, so now I might, you know, treat things that same way, but that's not how other people get better. They just get upset and uh, they cry. So that's something that I need to get better at for sure. Oh, I think you're just going to keep finding more people that are going to be open to that versus you getting better at. This is what I've been wondering lately. I've been thinking about that. I was like, how much do I need to work at that? Or how much is it like? I don't, I mean, is that just who I am? But I feel like I, I should be able to get better at it. But, you know, I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about that a lot lately, though. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think about that a lot, too, because I I never want to hurt somebody's feelings. But I was in a, I was in a friendship where I didn't say what I was thinking or tell them the truth mm-hmm. and went very sour Um, because I had kept it in for so long, right? And so when I did decide to speak up, it was, what, where did this come from? (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't see, like, I don't see what the problem with, like, saying how you really feel, I don't see how that would be a problem, like, in a conversation with someone that you're dating. Yeah, you're you're probably just a lot nicer than I am, I think, Andrew, that's why. Like, I feel like I'm being nice, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm letting you know this, but... I think if someone perceives something as being critical, you know, like I feel like you, I think Andrew gets this, you deal with a lot of critical comments from people and I deal with a ton of critical comments from people too. So I don't even view them as critical and I just don't think about them. Like I'm like, oh, like I'm just saying something that's normal. Whereas someone else views that as you being critical about them and they get defensive about it because that's just how a lot of people are. There's a lot of people who I've met, you know, not everybody's like that, but a lot of people are like that. Hmm. So I perceive it as, just like, you know, something that's constructive for the most part, but someone else perceives that as something that's needle in the arms, criticalness sort of thing I like would, that. Uh, I would need an example here. I was just about to ask for an example because delivery is everything. Well, yeah, I know my, I know my delivery, my tone's not certainly not, <laughs> my tone's not very neutral. Let's put it, I, I think, I think my tone, you know, I've probably learned this from the podcast. Uh, you know, when I speak about things, I, I usually speak with a certain type of tone or, a certain type of inflection and um yeah it might not seem like i'm being nice when i say things though okay so yeah it's not the it's not the content but the delivery that mm, yeah it makes sense causes the pain yeah it makes sense because you can tell somebody that you are being absolutely ridiculous but it doesn't have to sting i mean some people are going to get offended no matter what you say or how you say it and those mm-hmm. are just not your people, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, especially if you care about somebody, I think that it's just the delivery. She's going to love listening to this, by the way. i got to tell you. <laughs> she's going to listen to this and be like, wow, she's going she's gonna to love listening. She's going to love you guys for sure. She'd be like, cool. Yeah, I think we'll have to re- uh, redo this because the closest I've gotten to a prophet is to have this relationship go past 30 days. What day are we on, Joe? Um, I don't know. <laughs> like officially i'm not sure officially you know i don't really know what what where the status is right now so i'll have you guys i'll just have you guys meet her i mean she lives she lives here too and i'm sure you guys would get along very well so yeah okay she gets along with her she gets along with everybody very well so that's a good good thing about her very she's very lovable 
All right, so there's the prophet to meet Joe's date. It's <laughs> not much of a prophet. It isn't much of a prophet, but um, I'm I don't like I said I'm not very good at these prophets. Well, Joe was supposed to come up with a bet for me, and he never did, so I'm still waiting on that one. <laughs> a prophet for you? Yeah, last time we were on your uh, live at the bike show, you said you were going to mm. come up with something for me. Mm. Mm. What could the prophet? Oh yeah, I remember I wanted to do something. With, um, you know, a certain amount of logs in a certain amount of day, but obviously that's not very realistic to do. You know, we kind of talked about that. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, what, what what's, uh, I guess I've kind of, you know, had have to dive into what you're focusing on right now and, and sort of what you're, maybe you have to take out, um, I don't know, <laughs> there's going to be like a dating prep ad for you. I don't know, maybe like <laughs> eight dates in a month or something like that. <laughs> Maybe a video blog on a, on a date. A date. I don't really know. I don't know what a prop bet could be. I know. I the, the dating prop bets are not uh, getting much traction here. No. Yeah. I don't know. The only kind know, of dating to... thing I can think about is like craziness, you know. Right. Well, <laughs> back to the drawing board. Let me know what you come up with. I will. I'll think about that for sure. So, yeah. Well, right. yeah. I think that um, I'd like to say thank you for coming on the show and chatting to us. I And also... I'd like to find out what your love language is once you've taken the quiz. I, I think it's going to be similar to Andrew's, actually, with the, uh, the the physical touch thing. I would imagine it's going to be physical touch, but I'm going to take it now and um, and figure this out. Okay. And then and your lady will get – I would like to hear what hers is, too. Um, I would like to hear what hers is, too. Personally, <laughs> I would definitely like to hear that as well. Yeah. All right. All the feedback. Send it Send it over once it's I will. available. I will. Definitely. All right. Well, where can uh, where can we find Joe at online? All the different channels. Oh boy, I, I don't know. You guys, you, you guys, if you want to find me, you can, right, we'll you find can you. go. Just... You can go search, guys, if you really want to find me. But if not, you know, it's okay. Oh, it I'm is. a simple man. Join your one on Twitter, Poppy GTO on Instagram. I think I like Instagram better than uh, better than Twitter. But yeah, yeah. Instagram's great. Stories. I'm loving the stories. Yeah, you you've been you've been stepping up a little bit lately, Andrew. I'm trying to, I mean, Boosie's uh, the inspiration there. She's got some solid stories, solid oh, story is she, work. Is she hard on the story grind? <clears throat> it's just some quality stuff. It's a nice little entertaining. Well, you're uh, like a you're a film. You're you're what your specialty is is taking making things look extremely beautiful with photos and videos. So I feel like stories is kind of right up your alley. It's a little bit of a mini challenge on on documenting kind of something that you do and. You're gonna make it look really good, so I don't know. Do more stories, so I can get some inspiration from how to <laughs> how to make it look pretty. You know what I mean? That's what I'm always trying to figure out. How can I make it look cool? Yeah, but I'm also a fantastic writer, so that's why I like Twitter too. Oh, <laughs> oh! Speaking of that, before we end this podcast, I'm sorry Uh-oh. to cut you both off. It's okay. I read somewhere that there was a book coming out this year, and I was very excited about that. I don't know why I forgot. <laughs> there was a prophet about this book. Yes, right? yes, there. Yes, that's very true. There is. Tell There's me a book about, about this prophet. There is a. Um, yeah, there's a. I'm supposed to be writing a book about what women want men yes. to know about sex. Say that again. What, what women... women want men to know about sex. Okay. What so... women want men to know about sex. So the idea is that I would have conversations with different women around the world, do a lot of research, and then structure it in a book that lets men know what women want men to know about sex. Right. Is this a work in progress? It's been a work in progress all my life, guys. It's been a, I've, been, <laughs> I've been training for this. Um, I, I think well, the last time I wrote the book in 11 days... I think with this book, you know, honestly, I, I need to get started pretty soon. And I used to find that it was a really good pickup line. <laughs> when you told women that they were, uh, you'd be surprised how many women said when you'd say that they're like, I'll help you every, like, <laughs> I, I mean, it has, this honestly has to be 99%. It's, it's not, it's, it was a ridiculous sort of conversion if you want to look at it from that standpoint. But, and I didn't even think about it. I was always like, Oh, what are you, what are you working? I'm like, yeah, I'm working on this book. And they're like, Oh, what's the book about? I'm like, Oh, what women want men to know about sex. They're like, well, I'll help you out. Every woman thinks they know fucking everything. By the way, that's what I found out. Every woman thinks they know everything about about what about men. They think they know it all. So yeah, I don't know. They got they got all sorts of swagger. They turn the swagger on when you mention mention this to them. So I am waiting for this book. So you better get started. I might start the book today. You know what? I'm pretty inspired right now, guys. You guys are. In, this has been an inspiring conversation. So I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna start the book today, and I'm gonna outline what I want to. What I want to actually need to find out the specifics about what's in that bed and how if I need to make a certain amount of words or something. But but yeah, I think I'm going to get started on this book today. 
Okay. Well, sounds like it'd be a fantastic read. And when is when is the who is the prop bid with? Can you say and I what are the details? This one with you know, there's there's so many right now. I don't know. I have a couple NBA players ones. One of the porn stars I met the other night. I told her about my. I have to get either Shaquille O'Neal, Kesha, or OJ Simpson on my podcast, and she's like, "Oh, I'm friends with OJ. I'm friends with Kesha's drummer." It's like, "Oh, that's cool. Like maybe we can make this work." So. So yeah, I'm hoping that she might be a gateway to Kesha, which would be one of the most ridiculous things ever. But uh, but yeah, that's one of the prop bets I have too. Okay, so you still didn't tell me, Joe, what this what, what women want men to know about sex. How much is that prop bet for? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's a free. I think I have to give away either ten thousand or a hundred thousand. Yeah, don't you said you'd one. give away ten thousand dollars if you didn't oh write it. Oh my god, I got to do it for sure. Then yeah, I have to give away ten thousand dollars. Because I already signed myself up. I was like, I'll take ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's for ten thousand then for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I better get that done. I feel like that's gonna sell a lot. My other book has done like pretty well in terms of how much sales it's brought in. I didn't really think about it that much, but yeah, I feel like this book. I'm going to do it with an actual publisher, too, because I have some publishers that have gotten in touch with me after the last book. And if they can help me out with the marketing of this, I feel like this has some potential. I think so, too. We'll be I waiting. Know. I can't what wait. What man doesn't want to know what women want men to know about sex, right? I mean, come on. We all want to know this. But I don't want to you guys already think you do know? No? No, I don't think I know at all. Maybe Andrew does over there. Andrew's walking around like he knows it all, <laughs> but not me. No, I think, uh, I think this is something guys will... Uh, if a woman has something to say about this, they will bust out a pen and paper, a pen and notepad, and uh, immediately start taking notes. They're uh, very eager to uh, learn a thing or two at all times, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not only sex, it's just the entire idea of, of dating, of a relationship. You know, what women want men to know about that whole entire process. So, not necessarily, I mean, the specifics of what make good sex, of course, will be talked about in the book and all things surrounding that. But, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll sort of cover, ideally, it'll cover all sorts of things. So, yeah. Better. I'm very what, excited. What, I, thank you. I, well, I'm glad. I'm glad I have one person excited out there. So that's that makes me a little bit happy. I'm excited too. So there's two at least. So that's that's. I think that's pretty good. I will pre-order. Thank you. Well, now we might potentially have three. I feel like we're making some progress here. I don't know. <laughs> you better get working. I know. I'm like I'm pretty excited now. Actually, I mean, I'm going to start today. I'm going to I'm going to go, just outline what I think I want the book to have and stuff like that. So. Anything else um, you have to add? Before? No, this is great. This is a great first guest on Tell's podcast, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see who you guys have on in the future here, what what, what develops with the guest-wise here. Well, let's chat again, Joe Ingram. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I will um, I will try to win this prop out of introducing you to my young, my young beautiful friend that I know. Yeah, I look forward to meeting her. Sounds, sounds great, man. Thanks for being on the show. No problem, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks. My friends. Adios. Adios. Mm-hmm. <laughs>